0: Thanks for spending time with me, and let's go into the show. Are your joints painful? Do you suffer from daily discomfort? As it stands today, chronic pain affects more Americans than diabetes, heart disease, and cancer combined. In fact, chronic pain is the number one reason Americans enter the healthcare system today. However, many people believe their only option for pain relief is found in drugstore options such as ibuprofen, Advil, and Tylenol, to name a few. Tragically, most people are unaware that these pain meds do more harm than good. Common side effects include headaches, liver and kidney issues, high blood pressure, and in rare cases, even death. Not to mention, they're just masking your pain, giving you temporary relief. While this may sound all doom and gloom, I do have good news. There is an all-natural solution that addresses the root cause of your discomfort, a real solution that allows you to get back to being you. And that solution is called Curcumin Gold, made by my friends at Purality Health. Curcumin Gold contains turmeric curcumin extract, vegan omega-3s, particularly DHA, which is a very long-chain omega-3, and it has ginger oil. These carefully selected ingredients support healthy joint function and address the root cause of inflammation within your body. Trust me when I say you won't find anything else on the market quite like this. In fact, my friends over at Purality Health have a patented formula that utilizes something called micelle liposomal technology, which delivers the nutrients into your bloodstream, proven to be 800% more efficient than traditional uh, supplement doses. Even better, it's backed by a 180-day money-back guarantee. And today we have a 30% off coupon for you. Just visit PurityHealth.com and use the coupon DRJ or Doctor J to access 30% off today. So again, that's PurityHealth.com. Use the coupon code DRJ. So Doctor J. To access 30% off today. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I have my good friend Dr. Becky Campbell. She is a doctor of natural medicine and she specializes in thyroid health, women's health, and histamine intolerance. You know, I know I talk about all that a lot on my website. And on this podcast as well, Dr. Becky is a world expert in histamine issues, really due to her own health challenges. And in episode eight, if you go back to episode eight, I don't even know what episode I'm on now, like 200 or something, but episode eight, she was one of my first uh, guests and we did a deep dive on histamine. So you can check that out. We also have some great articles on histamine, histamine intolerance on drjockers.com that you guys can check out as well. And Dr. Becky Campbell has a phenomenal book called The Four Phase Histamine Reset Plan. So, if you really want a great plan to overcome histamine issues, that's a great book. Uh, She also has a thyroid reset plan as well. So, her books are always fantastic. And she's going to talk about her new book, Low Histamine Cooking in Your Instant Pot. And if you know anything about histamine, you know one of the biggest challenges is what do I eat? And so, we're going to talk about that in this podcast. And also, guys, if you haven't checked out Dr. Becky's podcast, it's called The Health Babes Podcast. Really great one. I, I know I've been interviewed on that, and she has a lot of great health experts that come on there as well. So, Dr. Becky, welcome back to the podcast.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. I love your podcast, so I'm excited to be on again.
0: Well, for sure. And we went to school together, so we go way back, I guess, yeah. like, you know. Or t- almost 20 years now it's uh it's it's uh, crazy crazy right <laughs> so that's right and so i know you told us your story and some of the challenges you had in episode 8 but let's refresh our audience on that and really how you got into kind of the histamine world
1: okay so um a lot of people know my thyroid story and that's kind of was the first official diagnosis i was given after years of not understanding what was wrong with me um, you know, I was gaining weight, I was losing hair, I was fatigued, and I just didn't feel well. And this is when we were in school. Yeah. And I, you know, looked everywhere, everyone dismissed me. And then I finally found a holistic, like medical center, it wasn't really referred to as functional medicine yet back then. But um, and they actually tested a really thorough thyroid panel, and they t- tested my gut and my cortisol and my sex hormones. And they Told me to remove gluten and dairy from my diet, and uh, it it really helped me. And you know, as time went on, I did notice I had some lingering symptoms that I didn't understand, and they were very odd. You know, symptoms that you don't kind of read about or hear about, and especially back then. So I noticed when I was eating certain foods, I would get almost this like crawling sensation on my scalp. And I remember getting MRIs and thinking I had something like a brain tumor, you know, think, or maybe even MS, like I wasn't sure what was going on um, that. And I would get migraines and I would get really fatigued out of you know nowhere. And it was, it was a lot of it was based on, you know, after eating, I would get these symptoms or I would get a racing heart while I was eating and kind of not really understand that. And I never really tolerated alcohol well, so then I started learning about something called mast cell activation syndrome. And I realized that that's what I had. I know I, I was lucky enough to get the testing and it to come out positive. Um, you know, as you know, the testing is very difficult and you can get a false negative a lot of the time. So it can be frustrating for people, you know, they, they learn about this and they think, oh, maybe this is what I have, and they get a false negative on their testing. So. So I figured out that I had mast cell activation syndrome and with my mast cell activation syndrome, I did have histamine intolerance, which not everybody does have um, histamine intolerance with mast cell activation syndrome, but I would say that most people do. And I learned that a lot of the foods that I was eating were high in histamine. So those foods were causing me to have these symptoms because my body was not able to break down histamine efficiently and that's kind of how I got into all this. And then I knew if I was suffering with this, there had to be a lot of other people suffering with it. And I needed to to really, you know, shout it from the, the rooftop yeah, sure. um, and try to get the word out about it. So that's kind of been my mission ever since.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And what are some of the most common symptoms you're seeing with people with histamine issues?
1: Yeah. So some of the common symptoms are migraines, migraines. Um, Skin issues, you know, we have a lot of mast cells. So mast cells are the the white blood cells that do release histamine along with other inflammatory chemicals. So we have a lot of those in our skin. They're really all over the place, but we do have a lot in our skin. So a lot of uh, eczema, other types of dermatitis, uh, flushing, you'll see, hives. And just so you know, I I hate saying hives because people will think, oh, well, I don't have hives, I don't have this. This is just for some people, it's not for everybody um vertigo can be really common uh you can notice uh, one thing that i always noticed is when i was eating certain foods my ears would get really itchy um ear or full you know so that full feeling in your head or your head feels kind of heavy uh or itchiness in the eyes ears nose that type of thing and then a really common symptom is insomnia because histamine really wakes up the brain And the longer we go through the day, the more histamine we're collecting right in our body. So at night, when you go to to try to fall asleep, you may notice your brain's kind of really wide awake and that's because histamine wakes up the brain. So uh, that, and then congestion, You know, a lot of people have that constant congestion. And we do know that this can be tied to gut issues, not related to histamine intolerance, but also it can be related to histamine intolerance. Um, that racing heart when you're eating or just randomly, you know, you get a racing heart or if you go, you know, uh, POTS, which is postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome can be really tied with mass activation syndrome. So when you go from sitting to standing, if you get dizzy and your heart starts racing, that that's kind of common. Um, and then there's some other stuff that's not so, you know, common, maybe or well known is, uh anxiety or panic attacks or other psychological issues, you know, because of the of histamine's effect on the brain. Um, and then there's something that some people have and not everybody, but it's called dermatographia. And that's where you basically can draw on your skin. So you kind of run your fingernail down your skin and you can see a line. Um, and that's again, because we have a lot of mast cells in our skin. So those are some of the, the less common symptoms when people think they're allergic to the sun, you know, people say I'm yeah. allergic to the sun. Well, they kind of really are um, that and what else? There's just a lot, there's, there's, you know, it's really kind of random stuff throughout the body, feeling like you have interstitial cystitis, or we, we see people who have, have chronic UTIs and there's a lot of mast cells in our bladder. So, or people who have issues with breathing like asthma, there's a lot of mast cells in the lining of our lungs. So those are kind of some, you know, the the major things we talk about with mast cell activation syndrome and histamine intolerance.
0: Yeah. So it really covers a wide, very wide gamut of different symptoms. And what are some of the root cause factors for somebody developing this?
1: Um, so some of the main root cause, you know, mass activation syndrome is to me the number one probably cause. And just a little kind of backstory on what that is. What our mast cells do is when we have a threat, so let's say we have a virus, our mast cells are going to secrete these inflammatory chemicals, and that's the type of inflammation we want to have. And then, and that's going to allow our immune system to kind of do its job, right? But we then want everything to calm down after, and we wanna metabolize those inflammatory chemicals and get rid of them, and then everything goes back to normal. So um, when you have mast cell activation syndrome, your mast cells perceive things that aren't really that threatening as a threat. So they may perceive cold weather as a threat. They may perceive hot weather as a threat. They may perceive smelling someone's perfume as a threat. And you're gonna start dumping those inflammatory chemicals and just feel really crappy. Um, So that's kind of what mast cell activation syndrome is in a nutshell. It's like very sensitive mast cells. And we see this along with uh, a lot with people with um, post COVID or long hauler syndrome. Their mast cells were really active during the virus. And then they became very sensitive after the virus. And now they're continuously pouring out those inflammatory chemicals. So that's one thing, Um, anything having to do with the gut. So Leaky gut, uh, opportunistic bacteria in the gut that can actually produce histamine, the kind of bacteria that we don't want. There's good bacteria that we do want and there's bacteria we don't want. Uh, yeast overgrowth, parasites, H. pylori, um, all of those things can really affect how much histamine we're releasing or how, you know, when we break down the histamine, the enzymes that we are born with to break down this histamine, and uh, mainly that DAO enzyme that's in the lining of the gut, that can really disrupt that. So that's disrupted. So when you're releasing the histamine, you you therefore can't really break it down as much. Um, There can be genetic mutations like in that DAO enzyme and other enzymes that relate to this. And then there can be some vitamin deficiencies. So, like by vitamin B six, copper, and vitamin C are the ones we see the most. And I just, when I say this, you know, I like to to kind of note: do not take copper if you don't know you need copper, because you probably have seen this in practice, David. Most people have too much, right? Copper. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Compared <laughs> to zinc, and yeah, so you don't just want to take copper. You want to actually test your copper to zinc ratio, and um, there's some other things you want to test. So that um irritable bowel disease so again that's that's a really and a lot of inflammation in the lining of the gut and so that can really break down the enzyme that breaks down histamine and then medication like there's there's a lot of medications including antihistamine medications which can reduce your body's ability to break this down on its own and then some things that we you know are talking about more lately are mold Mm. I can tell you that, you know, I having mast cell activation syndrome, when I lived in mold, I thought I was dying. Mm -hmm. I mean, I didn't know that I had mold, which is odd because I can smell mold from a mile away. I actually was not able to smell the mold that I was sleeping on top of for the most part. Mm -hmm. And I, I literally went through about six months of thinking I was just dying, not knowing what was going on because all my testing was coming out normal. Um, So mold really, really triggers our mast cells. It really aggravates them, and it really makes them release a lot of these uh, inflammatory chemicals. And then, you know, a lot of uh, stuff I've been seeing lately is the EMF exposure. So that's our electromagnetic fields that comes from our Wi-Fi and you know all the things that we have you know going on. Within the last, you know, what, 20 years or so, it's gotten more and more and more with the cell phones and the 5G and all that, um, that can really aggravate your mast cells and make you feel horrible. So those are the biggest things that I see contributing to this.
0: Yeah. So basically, it's an immune imbalance and stressors, things that we're being exposed to, uh, different stressors, even just going out in the heat or having cold, cold or something like that. Because the body is the immune system is so sensitive, it's um basically it's over over firing, right? So it's it's right. um, it's malcoordinated and uh it's dysfunctional. And so it's having this sort of histamine response that's causing these unwanted symptoms. And your body's really trying to do the best it can to protect you and to help protect against pathogens and invaders from coming in, causing destruction to your body, but the immune system is just not coordinated right. And so we've right. got to get that back in balance. And so when we talk about like histamine foods, because I want to, I want to transition into that. A lot of people think that the cause of their problems is eating too much histamine, high histamine foods. And I think it's important to note that higher histamine foods can Mm -hmm. certainly provoke uh, a lot of these symptoms, but it's not really the, it's not the root cause is not not, not these high histamine foods.
1: Now, mast cell activation syndrome and histamine intolerance are a response to something else going on in the body. Mm. So yes, when you are first realizing this is your issue, you do want to eliminate these really high histamine foods, but that's what you're doing while you're working on figuring out the root cause or causes, because it's usually a few things, right? And, and I forgot to mention estrogen dominance. Estrogen dominance is a very big factor in all this. Um, so yeah, so you, you do want to reduce, and I can go over what the highest histamine foods are, but this is not hopefully a, not a lifelong thing for you because a lot of these foods are very nutrient dense. And so it's kind of like, do I have to give this up forever? And the answer is typically no, not if you can get to the root of the issue. So alcohol, (laughs) alcohol is very high in histamine. Um, especially beer, champagne, like that type of stuff. Red wine is higher in histamine than white wine. So some people, you know, they notice they're drinking red wine, their face is flushing, their heart's racing, and they know like it's, they don't know why, or their nose is running and they're like, oh yeah, that's that happens to me when I drink red wine. Um, Fermented foods, which are very, very good for you, but if you have histamine intolerance, they're going to be a problem for you until you figure out, it's probably a gut issue, you know, figure out what's going on. Um, So you want to stay away from those temporarily. Foods that are stored in vinegar, um, so like olives, pickles, that type of thing. And their vinegars are kind of—they go on a range. So, like distilled white vinegar and apple cider vinegar are a little bit lower in histamine, and then like red wine, wine vinegar and balsamic vinegar are higher in histamine. So, mm-hmm. foods that are soured, like sour cream and a lot of yogurts and cottage cheeses and stuff like that. Some citrus fruits. Some I noticed with citrus fruits, and I'm sure you notice this too. Like some people are like, "Well, I can tolerate lemons, but I can't tolerate oranges." Um, so really looking at lemons, limes, oranges, and kind of seeing, what do you do okay with them? what don't you, um, avocado, which we love avocados. They're so good for you, but they can really be an issue for some people with histamine intolerance spinach. You know, I used to make a spinach, avocado, strawberry, and banana smoothie every day. Mm. And I felt horrible. Um, (laughs) And all those foods are pretty high in histamine, or they're at least uh, reducing the enzyme that breaks down histamine, or they're liberating the histamine in your body. You know, there's different avenues of how this affects you. But, and then some even spices like cinnamon and curry, curry is a big one. I, I really, I know that I reacted pretty, pretty bad to curry at one point. So those are kind of the biggest issues or the bit, the foods that I think you should try. And especially when you're you trying to figure out if you have this, a really good, cheap, and easy way to figure this out is eat those foods, see if your current symptoms increase or you get new symptoms, and then stop eating those foods for maybe a week and see if you start to feel a little bit better. And the reason I say a little bit better is because for most people, like David said, it's not the food necessarily It's the other issue. So, if you have a gut infection and estrogen dominance and you just remove the the high histamine foods, yes, you may feel some relief, but you really need to get to those other issues to really feel better, right? To feel 100% or whatever. So, you know, but if you notice a difference and you say, hey, I feel better when I remove these foods, you probably have an issue with histamine.
0: Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. You know, and there's a lot of relationship, like you talked about, between the gut, what's happening in the gut. And your histamine response, because I know for myself, I have some symptoms of histamine intolerance. But you know, if I feel like I'm hydrating well and I am pooping well, yeah, right, detoxing well, it's like I don't notice it,
1: right? Yeah, and because I'll get
0: itchiness and stuff like that if I feel like <clears throat> maybe I'm a I'm not pooping as well, I'm not hydrating as well, things like that. Doing some of the key components of you know a good healthy lifestyle. I get more itchiness in my ears and around, you know, different areas. And I did a genetic test that showed that um, I have that is a weaker area is histamine metabolism.
1: Yes, yeah, and so for for those who don't really understand, uh, you know, detoxification or the detox pathways very well, everything we take in has to come out, right? So, and it comes out via our urine, sweat, poop, you know, different things like that. So with uh, histamine intolerance and especially mass cell activation syndrome, people tend to not be very good at doing that. They don't tend to be good at pushing things out. So that's why if you and someone else walk into a moldy room, you may feel like you're dying and they may not even notice a thing. They could sleep there for five days and be fine, but they're very good at pushing toxins out. Yeah. So this is one of the first things I do with all my patients. We support their detox pathways because that is really a big key into feeling better and not being so sensitive and being able to tolerate things more. So pooping is really, really important because it's one of our major ways to detox.
0: Yeah, so critical. I just wanted to take a moment and tell you guys about Paleo Valley and their apple cider vinegar complex. This is a phenomenal product to help improve your digestion, your blood sugar stability, and your energy levels most people are dealing with blood sugar imbalances and that can lead you to have a crash in the afternoon where you need a nap it can also lead to unwanted weight gain to inflammation affecting your joints your skin and all different parts of your body well you know what apple cider vinegar is one of the best things for helping improve your blood sugar stability you simply take it with meals And it helps reduce the glycemic impact of the food that you're consuming. And that's gonna help your body to burn fat for fuel. It's gonna reduce overall levels of insulin. And insulin is your pro inflammatory fat storage hormone. We wanna get insulin under control. You know what I love about the apple cider vinegar complex that Paleo Valley made is they have a thousand milligrams of apple cider vinegar, which is equivalent to one and a half tablespoons. That is really the clinical dose to get the best results. On top of that, they combined it with 300 milligrams of turmeric which is a powerful anti-inflammatory herb, 300 milligrams of ginger. These are warming herbs that support good digestion, good stomach acid production. They also help to reduce inflammation in the gut and throughout the body. And they have 150 milligrams of cinnamon, which is one of the best herbs for improving insulin sensitivity and blood sugar stability. And they added in 50 milligrams of lemon into the apple cider vinegar complex to support bile flow and pancreatic enzymes, so you can really optimize your digestion and your nutrient absorption. All these ingredients are organic, so you can rest assured you're getting the highest quality product. So if you want to check out the apple cider vinegar complex, go to paleovalley.com and use the coupon code JOCKERS to save 15% off today. Obviously, one of the big issues people have as they start to go on a lower histamine diet is figuring out because you talked about a lot of different foods, right? A lot of healthy Mm -hmm. foods, lots of things people are eating on a regular basis. So how do they start to navigate this lower histamine diet, which again, like you said, should be kind of a short term elimination diet where you kind of get to figure out what are the big, you know, you get to reduce your overall histamine load. And then as you're kind of adding some of these things back, you get to see which foods you tend to react to a little bit more. But when people first do this elimination, they're like what do i do what do i eat and i know that's one of the reasons why you re- you made your book low histamine cooking in your instant pot and we'll talk about the instant pot here but what are some of the things people should be focusing on when it comes to their, their foods
1: yeah so i love charts yeah. <laughs> i'm yeah. a big i'm You're a sure? big visual person so in my first book and my second book i have this yes no maybe list Um, So the yes list is all the the things that you can eat. And that's what I really want you to focus on because it's harder when you think of don't eat that, don't eat that, don't eat that, right? So one thing you need to know is I'm a huge advocate for eating animal protein. Um, And just when you have histamine intolerance, you just need to make sure it's fresh. So you don't want to get, you know, a steak, put it in the fridge for a week and then cook it. You want to have it frozen as soon as you can, like closest to slaughter. So like you talk to companies like Butcher Box or whoever you go to for that. And you ask them like, how soon do you freeze your meat after slaughter? And they do it very soon. So then you wanna thaw it as quickly as you can and you wanna cook it. And then when you have, and this is when you're really, really cute. This is not for everybody but you do need to freeze your leftovers if you can. So if you're going to eat, you know, let's say you made a steak or beef or whatever chicken and you want to eat it the next day and you're really, really acute, you're going to freeze that. And then you're just going to, you know, throw it back in the, in the frying pan or whatever, the next day to, to cook it up, you know, heat it up again. Um, so you definitely want to eat animal protein. And one of the things I noticed with histamine intolerance is they're, they're not very good at regulating blood sugar. And a lot of people tend to go lower in blood sugar, but some people do tend to go higher. So you definitely need animal protein to help with blood sugar regulation. So don't, don't skip out on that. Um, and then there's you know certain fruits and veggies, which I'm not a huge fruit person personally. I don't eat fruit almost at all just because I don't like it. And I do think that people should be careful how much fruit they eat because it is you know, it it is basically sugar. Um, if you're eating too much of it, especially so, apples are they're actually an antihistamine food. Carrots are an antihistamine food. But then you can look at things like sage and other herbs, like fresh herbs and cruciferous vegetables, um, and red onion. Like those things are all really high in something called quercetin, and quercetin is a natural antihistamine. So, you know, you can eat a lot of those foods and you're probably better off just taking quercetin supplement. to be honest with you, because it's easier to get the right amount when you do that. But still, those are great foods to cook with. Mm. So you can do those. And then um, I tend to take out grains because grains are anti-nutrient and anti, you know, they're are pretty inflammatory for, for most people, legumes. I, I tend to take those foods out. Uh, because if you're, you know, histamine is an inflammatory response. So you don't want to add foods that are going to inflame you even more. Not that those are high histamine foods, but they're high inflammatory foods. So, but you can eat almost any vegetable. It's really just spinach, eggplant, tomato that are the the ones that you want to stay away from. Is um, And then most fruits, too, are really fine. Um, and you know, just, just the avocados, <laughs> citrus fruits, you got to watch yeah. out for those. Yep. And strawberries. I do notice that strawberries tend to yeah, really trigger people and bananas too. Um, for some people can really bother them, but other than that, I mean, you can eat. I mean, if you look at my list, I'm trying to see yeah. the yes list is all this stuff. It's yeah. much bigger. This is the no list. Yeah, it's still like a lot. It's, it's much still a lot of stuff. Yeah. It's a lot yeah. of stuff and that's why i made these books with my first book i think i had 40 or 50 recipes and with my second book there's 75 because i want people to not feel so limited in what they can eat you know and i i know that it can be tough at first so i try to give you as much options as many options as i can
0: yeah for sure and and now you've gotten this book with the instant pot mm-hmm. so what what is the benefit of cooking in an instant pot how does that make things more tolerable for somebody with histamine intolerance?
1: So the longer that food like meat sits, the more histamine it's releasing. So you, with the Instant Pot, you're cooking things very quickly. So let's say you're making bone broth, for example. When you make bone broth in the crock pot, you're making it for what, 12 to 24 hours? Some people even do 48. In the Instant Pot, you're doing it for two hours and you're gonna get the same benefit. So you can also take something that you would slow cook for eight hours and you can make it in, you know, an hour or less. And even with like chicken and stuff, I make that in 12 minutes, you know, so it's, it's cooking it very quickly. And when you cook it quickly, that makes you not, the, the food not release as much histamine.
0: Okay, interesting. And so you're able to really make a lot of great recipes. What are some of your favorite recipes
1: in this book? Well, <laughs> I know that people always love my apple breads. Like my yeah. first book, the apple bread, was the, the recipe that I think was posted on Instagram like daily. So I made a different version for the book. It's just upside down apple cake. It's super easy. I even had people saying, my daughter made this. She's 10. <laughs> you know, um, I really like the lemon garlic chicken. I make that it's kind of one of my regular recipes that I just make for me and my kids. Um, the lamb chops are really good. I'm a meat person. So I really love this soup. I think I, I just did a reel on that. Um, the it's, I use chicken sausage, but it's, it's not to be misunderstood with aged sausage. It's, mm. it's raw and it's just basically ground chicken with, um, some spices in it. So I make, uh, that soup, the sausage and kale stew is is what it's called. Creamy cauliflower soup looks great. Yeah. Yeah, Soups are easy because you can make them, you can put them in Mason jars mm-hmm. and you can, you just leave a little bit of room, just as a side note, you leave about an inch of room in the Mason mm. jar and then you can store them in the freezer. And they, then those are really easy things to take out heat up quickly and eat. Yeah. So that's why I put a lot of soups in here, but there's a lot of stuff. I really tried to hit, you know, what everyone likes i love salads so i did quite a few salads um all sorts of stuff you've got a whole
0: chicken with pearl onions that looks fantastic Mm
1: -hmm. yeah there's
0: garlic onion powder rosemary so you get some of those mediterranean herbs yeah really great flavors there Yep. So guys, this low histamine cooking in your instant pot is a phenomenal recipe book. I mean, all the pictures are fantastic. Your team did a great job on this. Really easy to follow recipes. They're not like super long ingredient lists. Like, you know, a lot of these, like, for example, looking at, let's see this antihistamine artichoke dip, right? And it's maybe like eight ingredients or so. And so, guys, this is all very doable things that you guys can make. And, I, and again, you know, dealing with people with histamine issues, that's always the question. It's like, where do I find recipes? What do I do? How do I follow this plan? And so you really have a great guide here with the low histamine cooking in your instant pot. So 75 easy meals for everyday healing, guys. You definitely got to check that out. Um, Dr. Becky any other words of of uh, inspiration for us any uh, any other input that we haven't talked about I, actually real quick you mentioned quercetin let's go into a little bit on supplements i know we talked about this in yeah. episode 8 but it's a common question people will be asking with this is like what kind of supplements are going to support this what do you see being the most beneficial supplements for somebody that might be dealing with histamine intolerance
1: So with my really sensitive patients, um, I actually start them on perilla seed extract, and that is a really good immune system support. It's really good for people who are having issues post COVID breathing. Um, it's, you know, I, I like that it's just good for sensitive people. We work on gentle detox. So like castor oil packs, dry brushing, that type of stuff. Um, and then, if you people- like castor oil packs, like over the liver, over the over liver, the ducks to help dilate yes. that, yeah, yeah, and increase your lymphocytes, which is really helpful yeah. for the immune system. So, um so that is kind of my first line of defense because I work with some of the most sensitive people in the world. I mean, they can't yeah. even eat like at all. So that's for my sensitive patients, people who can tolerate a lot more. We do um quercetin. Uh, I have a supplement called Historelief, which is a mix mm-hmm. of nettle. Uh, quercetin bicarbonate salts which that really helps your immune that's like a baking soda kind of mm-hmm. if you yeah. do it alone but it helps your immune system know what it's really looking at like it it's like if you get a, a hamburger it knows it's a hamburger it doesn't think that it's a foreign invader and start going crazy so some people do really well with that some people don't but it's with the history relief with the blend of everything together they tend to do really well with that um so I always start people on that. And then I st- always start people on liver support because we know yeah. how important it is with those detox pathways. So my liver support is called Liver Love. It has n cysteine, It has milk thistle. And then it has some of those, those awesome mushrooms we all have been talking about lately that help support the immune system. So that's yeah, like what reishi, I tend to do. things like yeah. that,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah, and Reishi is actually an antihistamine too. Mm. So, that's kind of my starting point for everybody while we're doing the testing and kind of waiting to see what is really driving it. Yeah, for sure. And what, what have you noticed with probiotics? I noticed that you need to be careful <laughs> with the yeah. probiotics you use. There are certain probiotics that are uh, histamine producing bacteria, um, some of the lactobacilluses, like Lactobacillus casei, and some of those. And then there's some that are are histamine degrading probiotics or bacteria. So um, lactobacillus raminus, if if I can't get someone to take probiotics and I want to go like single strain, I'll use that on its own or it's also referred to as lactobacillus DD. Um, And then, or, um, you know, there's, some people put people on culturel, which you can get at like any drugstore, but it has a lot of like it has maltodextrin and stuff in it, which I don't like. Yeah. But as far as brands, I really like megaspore. Um megaspore is great. Most people with histamine intolerance tolerate that well. Uh, and then uh what is it, probiotic histamine X from seeking health? Mm-hmm. We use that with most people if they can tolerate a multi-strain probiotic. Because what they did was they basically put together the strains that are going to um, reduce histamine, and they put it all together. So I like those Saccharomyces boulardii is really good. That can be really helpful for a lot of things. That can be helpful for H. pylori parasites um, and histamine intolerance. Yeah, that's good. And how about like immunoglobulins? Have you have you worked with those at all? Yeah. Like
0: there's egg uh, immunoglob immun- immunoglobulins, and then there's
1: bovine bovine serum
0: uh immunoglobulins bsis as well yeah
1: yeah and i have worked with those and a lot of people do well because it's really supportive to your gut um and some people don't just if they have like you know sensitivities to to egg or anything bovine but it's it's not often that i see sensitivities to that yeah
0: yeah that's good that's good. Well, great. Dr. Becky, any last words of inspiration for our audience? Obviously they can go get your low histamine cooking and your instant pot. You also have your four phase, uh, histamine reset plan book as well. And you guys can check her out at drbeckycampbell.com. Any last words of inspiration for our audience here?
1: Yeah. And I also have a histamine online program. Oh, yeah, so if you can't, right like afford to work with someone. This is probably my most in-depth way to learn as much as you can. Um, You know, when you write books, you have a certain word count you can't go over. So I put a lot more information in in the program, but um, you know, I want people to know there is a light at the end of the tunnel. You just have to have the right guidance. And with my first book, I did purposely put, like, if you're working with someone, do this, if you're doing this alone, do this, because I want everyone to get some type of relief. So, and I'm well aware that not everybody can afford to work with somebody, you know, as far as doing all the testing, but regardless, whatever avenue you take that you can take, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. And, you know, I could barely walk to the bathroom at one point in my life by myself. And now I i live a really active, great life and I don't feel bad 99% of the time. So you'll get there. <laughs> awesome. You can heal.
0: Well, thanks again, Dr. Becky, appreciate you. And guys, check out her podcast as well. It's the Health Babes podcast. You can check that out too. All right. Thanks so much. And we'll see you guys on a future podcast. Everybody be blessed.